the pat mayo experience charles schwab challenge live viewer chat i'm going to update the weather my picks and just go through the entire gamut with you there is no time limit on this so as long as there's questions i'm going to be sitting here taking y'all's questions about this uh the other big thing too is that there's around 450 spots remaining in the pat mayo experience open on DraftKings this week i suggest you go play it it's rake free i mean there's a millionaire maker i suggest you go play and play all the DraftKings. but play in this contest specifically you can find the link in the description of the audio podcast it's not in the viewer chat right now it will be after the fact but if you want to go and check out on the podcast feed just Chuck it in there. Uh, let's get that filled because you know, we can only make it bigger from here if it continues to fill as early as possible. Also, up on my Twitter feed right now, at the PME, I'm giving away 10 free tickets into the Millionaire Maker. Uh, you can find out how to do that by checking out the Twitter stream at the PME. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, hello. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Or if you're just listening on demand after the fact on the audio podcast for all of the updates, please leave a five-star review while you're there. If you're watching the video right now, please smash the like button. Uh, that's how we continue to keep all of this free, just by interactions, engagement. In the comment section, if you want to tell me who you think is going to be the highest owned player this week i'm thinking it's going to be webb simpson which you know gives me a little bit of hesitation but we'll talk through it the entire time i'm sure you guys will have a ton of questions about that kind of thing my final betting card for colonial here's the thing i got a bit too excited this week i said i was going to dial back the exposure and that i would try to keep my my cards close to my vest but what ended up happening is that the odds got released like sometime last week and i made like one or two plays like oh i like that i'm definitely going to play that uh, i didn't wait for the market to mature whatsoever big mistake i got so fired up they released first round leaders on monday night i started playing first round leaders without even consulting the tea time ways which is fucking stupid uh so this isn't the best card for me. Uh, there's too many people on it. Uh, the first round leaders are not staggered in the way that I would like them. And then I added two more because I like the T draws that came down. So uh, it's a good cautionary tale of what not to do. So listen, if, no, if none of these bets hit, I'm going to be out a lot of money this week. I don't do this professionally. It's for fun. I don't bet more than I can lose. So if it happens, it happens. It wouldn't be the first time I got cleaned out during the week. But, you know, if one of these guys wins or if two of the bets hit, then you know, all of a sudden it's gravy. We're, we're doing fantastic. So here's what I ended up with. For outright winner, I talked myself into Webb very early in the week. I used him as my one and done. Um, and now I'm starting to have hesitation about that. But I'm past the point where, you know how when you construct DraftKings lineups or you make a bet that you just assume it's going to win? Like when I construct my DraftKings lineups, so maybe everyone's different with this. Like even if I build 20, it's like, well, one of these 20 is for sure going to win the millionaire maker. Then you start thinking like, what am I going to do with my million dollars? And then it starts to kick in at a certain point. Like, I never win these things. Like, this is just me like throwing money away. I mean, it's the fun of all doing it. But now I'm past the point of I'm definitely going to win and now being like, well, I'm probably going to lose all these. So now if I win, it's going to be extra special because I have assumed I'm going to lose. So Webb Simpson, 22 to 1. I bit on Bryson at 20. Bryson and M I put on the card. I had said all off layoff that I was going to bet these guys and then I talked myself out of it. Then I was like, what am I doing? These are the two guys that I want to bet. I feel the best about. Bryson at 25, M at 33. Those guys are on the card. I also have Justin Rose at 45 to 1. Gary Woodland, 
50 to one with a top five each way. That's another one that my book ended up offering top six each ways. I played this one too early. It didn't get the top six. I got the top five. Shane Lowry, I did add to the card after the fact. The more and more I looked into Shane Lowry, I really ended up liking him a lot, both from a betting perspective and a DraftKings perspective. Uh, He plays really well in the heat. We'll get to that in the weather uh, to begin with. He's played really well against strong fields in the past. These shorter courses and classical formats more meet his eye than anything else. And he's one big boy events before. He won the Open. He won a WGC, and he won that WGC at Firestone, of course, which will demand accuracy off the tee. So I think that his skill set actually suits Colonial quite well. We'll see if that goes. He's 70-1 to with a top six each way. The bombs that I played were the bombs that I gave out on Monday's show. Brennan Todd, 160-1 to with the top six. And Eric Van Hroyen, top 41, top 45 player in the world at 150 to 1. Seems deep. Top six each way on him. Of course, my guy. See, woo! Kim, uh, you know, five bucks on him to win, five bucks on the each way, because if he wins and I'm not there, I'm going to feel very badly about that. He's 200 to 1. Uh, so, too many guys, obviously, but that's what I'm doing. I'll be honest with you. Um, sometimes I think I just like clicking on the players' names more than anything else at some points. Top 20, EVR, Brennan Todd, 6 to 1, 6 to 1, JT Poston, 6.5 to 1 for a top 20 finish. I would always recommend that people go site shop for the places that do not have dead heat rules. Therefore, you get the full payout even if the player ties for fifth or ties for fourth, and there's four guys tied for fourth. Uh, just read the rules on your book. That's always the best way to go about it. First round leaders. I got nine of them. And at least they're all 100 to one or above. And I played them all with the top five each way. So one of these guys comes top five. We're still winning for the week after the first round. Putnam, 100 to one. Danny Lee, 100 to one. JT Poston, Brennan Todd, Brian Harmon, Eric Van Royen, and Corey Connors, all 100 to one. HV3, Harold Varner III, 125 to one, along with Carlos Ortiz at 125 to one. My one and done is Webb Simpson, not changing it. Jeff is going with Brooks Kepka. Tim Andacust is going with Colin Morikawa. Those are the one and done picks. That is the betting card for the week right now. I did specifically want to talk about first round DraftKings showdown. If that's something you're going into, I've said it on every show this week. I think if you start on number 10, the back nine this week, uh, that you have a better chance at the three birdie streak playing 17, 18, one, two. Those are just easier holes. Number three, one of the hardest on the course. So what you need to look at now is there's been a lot of reports. Like it's really hot. I mean, anyone who lives in Texas can tell you this, but it's really hot right now, June in Texas. So looking at the weather report, it doesn't seem like it's going to be like be windy at all on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. A little bit of wind on Sunday, but it's going to be exceptionally hot at Colonial. So what they've been doing is watering down the course a lot. So in the morning, it is playing a tad bit softer than I would expect it to do in the afternoon. So if you really want to get hyper-specific with DraftKings Showdown, What I would suggest you do is, I tweeted this out last night as well, you can see the tee time list of all of the players in the AM wave starting on the back nine first. That's how I constructed my laps. I have no idea if that's going to work out or not, but I think trying to pick a lane with so many unknowns this week is, you know, I want to play bombers, then play all bombers. You want to play short hitters, play all short hitters. You want to structure a DraftKings showdown lineup with all players from the AM wave starting on the back nine? That's the lane that I've chosen to go. Maybe it's completely wrong, but I think committing to something like that, that if it hits, you get the ultimate reward about it, is the best way to at least attack GPPs. It's not going to help you win GPPs unless it works out, but having all your players situated in one spot and having that wave turn out to be absolutely correct is probably the best way you want to go. I mentioned the PME Open. FantasyNational.com is where I'm going to be ripping a lot of the ownership projections from this week. I would check in again later on tonight once more people have constructed 
lineups, uh, that there's just more information. The more information you have with this, the more accurate the projections are going to be. It basically just says what is going on on the site in terms of lineups generated. And that's all completely free right now as well. FantasyNational.com until tomorrow. It's wide open. All you need is an email address. I suggest you go test it out. If you want to build multiple lineups, you do it like that. You want to do your research, you do it like that. You want to check the ownership projections. It's amazing. So it goes back behind the paywall tomorrow on Thursday. And then there will be you know, the updated showdown slates where you can easily generate lineups, the live leaderboard. And then into next week when the field is actually released, we'll load that in right away and you can get a head start if you've already busted out at Colonial. So uh, if you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo, you can get yourself a discount if you decide you want to re-up tomorrow after your free trial. I, I, like I said, just go test it out. See what you think. It's not for everyone, obviously. But if you're into this and you want want to play some golf i highly suggest it it's where i start my week every week uh we'll go through it i think that's everything i got to let's see the tea times the pme open fantasy national my bets my one and done i think we're good let's get to the live chat remember to smash that like button while we're out there too first oh we got lots of questions already um these are barely questions try to keep the comments down to like what you think i'm trying to like parse through this and there's going to be a lot of them so just questions only um let's see this guy says what happens if the leader tests positive and has to be removed from the tournament i believe uh then they will not win they will be out of the tournament so they would get a wd and you wouldn't get anything for it so be careful of that i assume that's how it's gonna go um uh, on fantasy national is there a stat for accuracy in driving fairways hit yes it's under driving distance and accuracy it's called fairways gain that is the stat that we use and it's accuracy versus the field rather than just overall accuracy so the point behind that is if you get a course let's say like kapalua where the fairways are so wide you could land eight jumbo jets across them well if you end up with a 91 percent driving accuracy rate at that course what does that really tell you if people are hitting 85 percent of the fairway ways anyway nothing it just it the fairways gain stat measures how many comparable fairways you hit to the rest of the field so it's more like a strokes gained matrix metric rather than just an overall percentage we feel that's far more valuable when you compare it to what the baseline for every single tournament was so that's why we choose to go with fairways gained over overall driving accuracy uh oh my god uh, Keep it to just the questions. I'm going to scroll down. If you already put in your question, uh, I, I don't want to scroll through like all of these. Um, let's see here. How do you feel about Siwoo Kim? Oh, of course. I, I love Siwoo Kim. Um, but uh, he's not going to make any of my DraftKings laps. I've made that mistake far too many times with Siwoo. Uh, I put a bet on him at 200 to 1 to win. He's the Ricky Bobby. At least he was the Ricky Bobby of betting golf, of DraftKings golf. He's first or he's last. Both of his wins have come at corollary courses in terms of the Wyndham and TPC Sawgrass, but he's a long way off that form. Uh, I know he can go miscut, 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 withdraw, withdraw, withdraw first. It's happened. <laughs> so uh, it just, it's, it'd be a heart attack waiting to happen. I wouldn't put my million, my million dollar lifeline on Siwoo Kim at this point. Uh, how have the odds fluctuated? Not really at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Bryson opened at 22. He dropped down to 25. That's when I pounced. Sungjae opened at 28. He fell down to 33. Uh, but that just got more of a market correction with almost all of the books out there. Like You're going to find different th numbers at different places. But realistically, the numbers were the numbers. That, that's essentially what it was. 
Uh, this guy says he feels sorry for anyone who can't get 10 places on the each way. Yeah, I've, I'm one of those people who can't get that. Those are generally British books uh, and international books that end up doing it. Do you believe that there is a narrative to the players not having kids possibly playing better than those who do? I mean, that's a narrative. We're not going to be able to quantify that in any sort of way. I think that there is logic behind it, but at the same time, these are professionals, like they're professional golfers. They're going to go out, they worked hard, they're back, they've practiced. I, I'm not putting any stock into that. If you want to, go for it. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's just not a narrative that I'm willing to embrace. I'm trying to really factor out a lot of that noise as it comes along. Uh, let's see. Is there a hard number line for Fantasy Nationals win classification? What classifies as windy common moderate? I believe that's in the glossary. Um, I think it's anything below 10 is calm, 10 to 17 is moderate, and everything over 17 miles per hour, I believe, is windy AF as fuck. Uh, so that would be what I'm going with. I wouldn't really be too concerned about that because it doesn't look like there's going to be a ton of wind problems this week at Colonial. Pat, is Jason Day a good risk-reward GPP play? Probably. He's played well in Texas in the past. Uh, I do worry about his accuracy off the tee, but generally speaking, he has an excellent track record at Pete Dye courses. I know this is not a Pete Dye course, but it's structured similarly with a different game plan that you have to go with. And without the grandstands around, one of the things that Pete Dye courses do to the field is actually just kind of fuck with their minds, really, when they're standing there. That's why you see like so many outrageous amounts of water. Like It makes you nervous standing out over the ball. There's not a lot of good sight lines to aim at the green and a lot of players have spoken about how hey i know to play if i'm going to hit this fade i'm going to line it up here on the grandstands that here's where the pin's at and that's like my line of sight we're not going to have that this week so someone like jason day who's used to the conditions of places where that doesn't happen anyway uh that could be a factor maybe his putter continues to rebound a little bit he puts like jason day used to and all of a sudden this time off has been really good for him we know he's an elite player when he wants to be even when he's not a great player he can still win in good field so i do think that he's an up upside reward type play i'm not personally using him uh only because i looked at that area and i do think that the contrarian plays there's five of them in the eight thousand dollar area and i do believe that some of these guys are going to be the key to unlocking some major gpp ownership leverage and if one of these guys wins you could run away with the entire thing and that's shane lowry matthew fitzpatrick louis Ustays, and sergio and jason day they're all in that eight thousand dollar area it does seem like Sergio is going to be by far the lowest owned of them all. I couldn't pull the trigger on Sergio. I couldn't pull the trigger on Jason Day. I will be using Louis Fitzpatrick and Shane Lowry in my lineups, though. I don't think you need to go crazy jamming these guys in. I, it's not like I have 80% exposure to them. But I do think that sprinkling those guys in, because you don't need a lot of them based on their ownership percentages. And... You know, it's one thing to pivot off a guy who's like 25% to $6,000 owned or $6,800 owned. There's no one like that this week, by the way, to a guy who's like 1% owned. Like that makes a lot of sense. But I think that if you do it, play these leverage spots with higher upside guys, that's probably where the true value is. And in the 8K range, I don't see a ton of separation from everyone else. Thanks for the great content this week. Thank you, Scott, for tuning in. Smash the like button. Anyone on gooch this week uh gooch is tough here one of the ways i did try to assess this is look at it like it is a major field or a fedex cup field because the strength is that way and generally speaking in those events some of the top players win uh we're going to see a name or two pop up and we know that 
Gooch can be electric with his irons once he gets going, but I just feel like he's at the bottom part in terms of overall talent of this field that even different players in his comparable price range or a few hundred dollars more on DraftKings are just better players, people I feel more comfortable with. So fade for Gooch, me. Would you go with Reed or Fowler in GPPs? Objectively, I like Reed better, but the way that the ownership is shaking out, it does appear like... No one's really going to be using Ricky Fowler. And Patrick Reed is getting a little bit of buzz. I mean, the guy's been excellent. So right now I have Fowler in projected in the single digits where I have Patrick Reed somewhere around 15, 16, 17%. So by that metric, I'm not using either of them. But if I did use one, it would be Ricky Fowler in that circumstance uh, if you wanted to go for it. So of that 9K range, where we're looking at it right now on the screen, the low-owned guys, uh, I mean, you could probably have guessed this, but it's going to be Dustin and it's going to be Ricky. Uh, I'm not using either of those i decided to make my stand in the 8k range like i had mentioned but if you did want to pivot on like dustin is such a wild card this week i really don't know what to make of him uh and he actually if you want to if you want to do anything with him you can play him that first round showdown he went from 25 to 28 to 1 uh, in first round showdown he's a part of that early am back 9t group uh along with guys like bryson and sung jm uh, who are in decent spots and justin rose is another one uh who's in that spot as well but dustin's a real tricky guy to figure out this week it seems like people were talking themselves at a brooks initially but feel more confident in him whatever dustin did in that match that he played with rory like a lot of people saw that and a lot of people saw that he didn't play well for all we know that was the first time he picked up clubs in two months and he's been grinding ever since so he could be a high upside play i think if you wanted to factor in that previous question of reed fowler or dj dj would probably be my choice of those three just based on the way that everything's set up and the negative sentiment surrounding him right now Next one, Hama or Na? I'm going with neither, but I think I would lean towards Kevin Na if you really had to go for that. Sean asks, where does Neiman finish? These are the type of questions I think are fucking stupid. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to finish. I like Neiman this week. If he misses the cut, it wouldn't shock me, but he has played well at this course in the past. I give my endorsement to Joaquin Neiman. I am using him in my lineups. I hope he finishes first. Actually, I hope someone else finishes first and he finishes like second, but either way, I hope he plays well this week. I expect him to play well this week. I don't think that means he will actually play well this week but i think actually has no bearing on what happens uh justin i am seeing reed ownership around 15 to 18 percent you think he comes in that high it's probably more around 15 14 15 just because there's always a negative sentiment around reed because people hate his guts but i think that he will be amongst the higher owned this week dk woodland or finau in gpps i'm going with woodland over finau i think you can make the case for both once you look at the betting odds right there you can see finau 33 to 1 gary woodland 50 to 1 Obviously, Vegas thinks that Tony Finau is a significantly better player. Much improved short game as well, which really could come in handy this week. A second place finish at this course a year ago. Woodland, I just think he can win in a field like this. And frankly, Finau can't win in any field. That can always change because uh, you know, who knows about the future. But I think if I was going to really hammer down on one, I'm curious actually to see what their ownership percentages are right now. Finau around 15%, Woodland around 11%. So you are getting an ownership discount a little bit on Woodland. I really wouldn't let that factor in. Four-point difference is nothing, really. But I like Woodland objectively more than I like Fina this week. I bet on Woodland to win. I'm using him in my DK lineup. So that's my stance on the situation. What is the difference between scrambling and strokes gained around the green? Uh, you can go look at the official one for this. I believe scrambling is... Okay, around the green is like 30 yards and in. Uh, from around the green side so any strokes made up there that's what around the green is scrambling is if you miss a green and regulation uh what do you do then 
Um, so you can be from anywhere. You could be scrambling from 150 yards away. That would include around the green. Uh, are you using a larger player pool this week due to the two-month layoff? I believe I have 20 players over 20 lineups in my player pool. Maybe 21 because I added someone in. There. I added Keegan Bradley in this morning because I'm a glutton for fucking punishment. Don't ask me why. I, I ran this thing of corollary courses. Then I saw Ryan Moore and Keegan Bradley at the top. And I was like, oh, God. If I, then I looked up Keegan splits. And he actually like doesn't bleed strokes on the greens on bent grass. And I, I just talked myself into it. I expect it to go horribly wrong. But, hey, he's coming at like 1% ownership. If he plays well, then all of a sudden I'm looking a lot better with Keegan Bradley in my lineup. But, uh, no. I really tried to condense it down to the best of my abilities. Frankly, the proper strategy is probably to go less than 20 players for 20 lineups in my player pool. But this is the best I could do. I don't have the willpower to narrow it down anymore. Zach Johnson, question mark. These are the type of questions I don't want to answer, but no. Uh, thoughts on DJ? Just gave that. Webb Simpson, miscut coming. Certainly hope not. Hope that's not the case. <laughs> Given the heat that can become a factor, do you reckon that this could disadvantage the less fit older players like the Duffners and Strickers over a full weekend or Furyk? Potentially, and I thought about that with Shane Lowry, but then I look at how he's played in like the Middle East uh, when it's been hot out and he's been fine. I feel like some of these things are quite unknowable that you're projecting like you're an out-of-shape fat person and how you feel in the heat. Uh, Cam does this all the time when it comes down to picking players, but golfers are used to it. Like this is a part of what they do. It could have an influence. It could not have an influence. Again, if you want to ride with an air this week there's so many unknowns ride with that narrative i for one i am not really factoring that in much at all starting dj kepka unique enough uh, to be chalky in the 7k range yes absolutely if you're talking about who the chalk in the 7k range is going to be it looks like it's going to be harris english daniel berger how's your burger and abraham answer those project to be the three highest owned guys in the 7k range if projections hold up at the moment uh, Horschel and Neiman are getting a bit of buzz too. I really like Billy Horschel. I'm using some Billy, Ho- Billy Ho this week for me. Uh, a lot, a lot of fairways has won the Byron Nelson in the past plays well in Texas. We know we can ride that hot putter. So let's go Billy Ho. But yes, I think that starting DJ Kepka is definitely a unique way enough that you can embrace a lot of the chalk down the line. Do you put a lot of stock into younger players struggling here? Does the force break change your thoughts on that? I don't put a ton of stock into it. Uh, as I pointed out in my column, uh, you can find everything in the description, by the way. Uh, my write-up, I did 4,500-word write-up. I have three shows about this already this week. Recommend you go down. And if you haven't downloaded them yet or clicked on them yet, please do me the favor. Juice up those numbers. Spread out the word. Uh, go share everything around. It would really do me a solid because we're going to be cranking out a ton of golf content now that golf is back. We really want to capitalize on the lack of other sports going around. Bring more people into the community. Then we'll get bigger prize pools. We'll get better odds. We'll get better offers at gambling books. Uh, Uh, because they're going to want to have so many customers. The more people that watch the show and get fired up and get in on this, the better it is really for everyone else involved. Um, But I pointed out that Spieth in 2016 was the only winner sub 30 years old since Sergio won in 2002. So I think that where this is a historic course, where this is a strategy course, that patience is somewhat required. But that's not to say that Morikawa couldn't go out and storm the field. He's one of the best players in the world. So, And you don't see a lot of the big up-and-comers, generally speaking. I mean, there's always been some over the years 
play this event. Like, it's just not one that's on the radars. They want to play in the flashier events, by and large. And a lot of the younger players that you do see are more of the corn Fairy graduates who aren't at the same skill players as, let's say, like, when Rory was in his prime, when Rory was 27 and really kicking the gear, he wasn't playing Colonial. So we're getting that type of player at the course this time around, so it's really hard to parse that information, for me at least. How many players under 7K will you use in your player pool of 20 lineups? I can tell you that right now just by clicking on this button on fantasy national let's see it's where i generated all my lineups like the quickness of the lineups and after you pick your player pool and you like generate your lineups before you export them if you want to move your player shares around that's what i generally do i set like the ownerships of who i want a bit more of who i want a bit less of hit it and if it kind of evens itself out enough to the point where i like i'll move two shares of that guy onto that guy that's generally what i typically do one two three four i have four players in my sub 7k player pool this week it's lonto todd bud collie and matt wallace i didn't use a ton of lonto or a ton of matt wallace i think i have them in two or three, maybe one of two, one of three. So like 10%, 15% exposure across those lineups. Used a bit of Todd, a bit of Kali, but I really wanted to hammer down the low sevens more than anything else. I have one, two, three, four players, uh, five once we include Keegan Bradley. No, it is including Keegan Bradley. Four players at $7,7100. I didn't really want to go too low, but I actually built a lot of balance. Not balanced in terms of like, hey, I'm starting in the 8K area, but I didn't use any of the big two in Rom or Rory. I'm hoping that doesn't kill me. I did use Justin Thomas and Bryson. Bryson looks like he's tracking at like 10% ownership. I know he hasn't played well here in the past, but he's a different guy now. Uh, and I think that he can really, and may, maybe he flames out this week and we just go back to him next week at Heritage. Remind me to do that. Uh, just because I think he'll play really well at Heritage. He has in the past. He was a part of my 20K winning lineup when I won big there at that time. But there's just so many unknowns this week. Someone like Bryce, I know that he's been grinding. He's been so good off the tee that if we're going to get him at an ownership discount, even though he is overpriced at 10.1, uh, that is what's creating the low ownership. So uh, I, I do like Bryson in that spot, and he's a good way. Like If you want Bryson Brooks instead of Bryson DJ or Bryson DJ instead of Brooks DJ, uh, that's another way that you can do it. But no, I'm not really going scumming at the very bottom just because I think that the talent gap really does drop off at a certain point. I went with Matt Wallace because I like the upside of Matt Wallace. I think he's someone who could legitimately win. He's also someone who could legit come in last place. I don't know where his game is at, but I do enjoy his winning type upside. That, you know, you got to gamble on some of these guys who are unknowns. Matt Wallace is just one of those guys for me. Uh, what do you suggest playing beginner DFS golf players? I've done a lot of strategy shows. You can go check those out. Some of them are in the description of this video and podcast right now. But I would say go play in the mini max, the 50 cent tournaments, the 25 cent tournaments, the 10 cent tournaments. At least that way you get familiar with how you pick your players, how you upload your lineups, how you, and you're not going to lose a lot by doing that. Maybe play some $2 50 fifties uh, and just see what sort of game is right with you. Like you can pump as much as you want into the millionaire maker or the five but you have to think you're facing 180,000 other entries in the millionaire maker. You're probably not going to win. You're probably not going to cash. Uh, I say that as me too. I know that going into it, if I win a million bucks or if I win 20 bucks, it's great, but you're taking on so many players. And I've actually kind of learned this. I've been really successful at UFC 
DraftKings, just historically, but more so since the break, because I've really been kind of hammering down on it. And if for anyone out there, you should really tune into the Dogger Pass podcast, which is on my podcast feed on the DraftKings YouTube network with Paul and Cody. They have great picks, but what I've been doing is instead of playing in the ones that have 50,000 entries, I've been playing, a, instead of playing like five entries into the $20 that has all these entries, I've been playing one into the $100 single entry against far fewer entries. And it's not the same prize pool, but I keep winning more money doing this. I got to qualify into the the live what's well, not the live final into the final i won a 555 dollar ticket into the pga tournament this week just by playing in a 15 person mma contest that had 15 people in it like you have to figure out where you are willing to lose in this and where you want to win in this so you want to invest some more money and play in the shrunken fields and you can find this too like uh you can find like the $5 will probably fill by 7 p.m. tonight, and they'll probably release another $5. So if one has 50,000 entries in it, the next one might have 5,000 or 3,000. Maybe play in that one instead. Play some single entries, but it's up to you. Like, no one, not one person can tell you what's right for you in playing which tournament on DraftKings. But if you want to dip your toe into the water, I just say start at lower stakes, figure out what tournament size is right for you. You can figure out kind of the ins and outs with it. Maybe showdown is more for you. I don't know. You're going to have to figure this out for yourself, but I would say that if you want to do it, just start at the lower stakes and kind of feel it out. And then you can go up from there or just not play again. Uh, That's the best way to approach it. Don't overexpose yourself just because you want to get in on the action. I would say be responsible about it and figure out if you like it or figure out if you're good at it first. Read Rom Morikawa for one and done. Thinking of saving Rom for bigger purses. I don't quite understand. I don't know if there's a huge sentiment for Rom. I know that people are using him DraftKings wise, but I don't know if he's going to be a very popular one and done pick. I would actually say use Rom in this circumstance. I don't know how often we're going to see him at some of these locations. He has a second place finish at this course. If it's as dry as they say in some of these carries where uh, we got some inside info that there's four or five tee shots at this course where you're going to need to be a bomber to really attack if you want to go for it. And because of the dried out conditions, you can really bomb it down there. We've seen John Rahm bomb and gouge this course in the past that I I think that he's an excellent play. He just didn't end up making it for me. I chose to go with Justin Thomas and the savings instead. But for one and done, I think that's a different scenario that, yeah, I think that John Rahm is an excellent play this week. That's who I would use out of those three players. Thoughts on Kepka Xander starting lineups? Love it. I really like Xander this week. I really that's the one bit of hesitation that I have. Like if I had to add another, like I'd probably take off Rose and Woodland from my betting card and Lowry at that point and just throw on Xander. Cause I think that he probably has a better chance to win those three guys combined, but that's just ended up where I fell this week. Uh, I do really like Xander's chances. I like him a lot here. What it will be the most popular stack in the millionaire maker. I'm not sure I could see Justin Thomas Webb. Webb, someone Webb is really shaping up to be the guy who is the highest owned this week. So it's Webb and someone, uh, maybe Webb and Sungjae, JT and Sungjae. That could be a route that a lot of people end up going with. But I think that it will include Webb Simpson. Um, and, but I don't know. Just because he's 9.K, you could go higher than him. You could go lower than him and still stack that way. So I would guess that Webb is probably going to be paired a lot up with Berger and or Harris English, at least of the two of the six spots on people's team. So if you use Webb, maybe you don't use those guys. Maybe that's the best way to get independent Webb if you're really hell-bent on using him. Alex Hahn asks, any Charlie Hoffman interest? No. 
How, how do you see Woodland versus Scheffler's DK plays? I know you prefer Woodland, but can you please explain why? Uh, I think that Scheffler's going to come in with much higher ownership. Uh, I know that Woodland is more expensive. That's one of the results of this. And I've seen Woodland be successful in strong fields in the past, and I have not seen that from Scotty Scheffler. I think, objectively, Scotty Scheffler is a fine play. I know his betting odds are better than Woodland's. I just happen to trust Gary Woodland more. I know that he has a gear to him where if, he, if we decide, or the players look at this and be like, I need to be in the fairway, I can't do anything else if it's not going to be that. I know that Gary Woodland has the stinger shot that highly increases his accuracy in the bag. I've seen him do it at shorter courses in the past. I mean, the guy is the reigning U.S. Open champion. If this course plays hard, well, he can play hard courses. That's not an issue for him. With Scheffler, you're just banking on an upside uh, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So I think I would trust the track record of Woodland in that spot. You want to go Scheffler? Go Scheffler. we got no problems with that. Uh, and my lack of Scheffler exposure is only because I have Lowry, Louie, and Fitz from that area. Like, I have no Kuchar either, who I think is a fine play as well but you can't play everyone these are the decisions that you need to make when it comes down to it uh what are your thoughts on a leishman fowler build i really do worry about leishman's accuracy here um maybe it's unfounded but that's just i'm not using either of these guys so i don't love it but for you go for it safe to fade morikawa since tim picked him i think that listen morikawa is so good i don't i I, not even the ander curse might be able to get to him and tim does pick like two winners a year so maybe this is the week for him he he's over although he did have leishman at api that won him a million bucks in the one and done i finally went back and retrieved all of the one and done information so we're good on that front i know i forgot about it on the show because i accidentally deleted the folder and for what it's worth cust is currently winning after that leishman million bucks the one and done between the three of us so far i'm slightly behind him jeff is around five hundred thousand dollars behind me but one good week all of a sudden you have a winner boom you're in the chair and you're you're off to the races when it comes down to the one and done which underdog price 7k guys do you like i just went through those is fading all bombers a good tactic this week i don't think so i think if you i think that if you construct your lamps you can always do a hybrid but raza is really the key the king of doing the type of stacks in tournaments where it's not just am wave pm wave he likes to put skill sets together so if you're going to use a few bombers i suggest using six bombers in those lineup you want to use six great putters use the six great putters in your lineup i actually go bombers over putters if i was doing it but if you want to go short hitters put them all in lineup so i don't think that there's necessarily a preference one of the reasons that we've seen again a lot of older players or shorter hitters win this event in the past because they tend to play these style of tournaments where the younger bomber type player just doesn't play colonial all that often so uh, there's an unknown mix to having all of these guys in the field like we saw rom and brooke show up one here and just dummy the place rose ended up winning and you know he can bomb it as well so i wouldn't be fading bombers just because it's a shorter course and we've seen shorter winners before i I don't think that you should do that uh do you ever add dk points to your model no uh it seems redundant when considering birdies are better or bogey avoidance or even i'm not using eagles gain this week because this course doesn't generate a lot of eagles but i think that those numbers account for the dk points along with it so no i do not use DK points. Adam Hadwin, a good leverage play this week. I know how much of a leverage play he's going to be. I like Adam Hadwin. I know other people like Adam Hadwin. I think he's going to be somewhat used, like five, six, seven percent, but I like him. I think you should use Adam Hadwin. Bezenut, Van Royen, Victor Perez. Rank these three players, please. I have Van Royen way above the rest, then I would go Perez, then Bezenut. EVR is the only one that I'm using from that. Although Victor Perez is a pretty spicy price if you have the faith in him that he can come through here. Uh, have you won more money playing DFS or straight up betting? I guess 
Well, I mean, total money, I've won more betting because I tend to invest more in betting every week as opposed to daily fantasy. But I've had some big hits in daily fantasy that probably have accounted for a better overall ROI over the years. Like, honestly, I'm just I'm betting because I enjoy to bet. I find it makes it entertaining. If I if you could tell me on January 1st that I would invest all this money and I would get exactly that same amount of money back and break even, I'd probably be happy with that. I'd prefer to win. But I've had winning years. I've had losing years. I've had big hits. I've had big losses that eventually just all evens itself out. But I've probably been more profitable like if you take i'm bad although i talk about it on the show uh and try to be transparent enough i've lost a lot playing DraftKings nfl i'm just not good at it but i've had big scores in pga and mma uh, i'm probably up i'm i'm definitely up lifetime in those sports especially over the past three years on DraftKings and way down in football but i just limited my exposure in DraftKings football i, just, I play the three dollar contest because i know i'm not good at it that hey maybe if i bink one i bink one but you know, i'm losing like a hundred bucks a week doing it instead of just really going all in where i'll play more in the other sports that i figure that i'm better at so i in certain weeks i think line up better for betting certain weeks line up better for DraftKings. so that's just the way it goes why is no one talking about ryan palmer i don't know who's not talking about ryan palmer everyone's talking about ryan palmer uh he's been the only one golfing at this course the past three months yeah he's a member at colonial that's why people really like him this week i'd expect him to be like 13 percent owned i like him he's fine i'm not using him i'm hoping that he has a weird track record here of either spiking a top 10 finish or missing the cut i'm hoping this is one of the missing the cut weeks uh, Jimmy Walker needs to be talked about. I don't think Jimmy Walker needs to be talked about. I think he's past the point of the Jimmy Walker that you have in your head. I think certain courses do line up for him well, but he's not accurate off the tee. He's a sprayer. He's the top hit. He's the top search. When you type in sprayer on YouPorn, Jimmy Walker's tee shot pops up first. Probably not the best this week at Colonial. How much weight do you put into course experience for the elite players? Only downside to JT? I'm not. Uh, Justin Rose showed up here two years ago, hadn't played at one. Uh, Brooks, same year, game top five. Same as Rom. Uh, elite players are going to be elite no matter where they go. Uh, what do you think the winning score will be? This is tough because I don't know without the grandstands or fans or if there's not a whole lot of wind right now while the course is going on. Maybe that leads to like a minus 16 type score, minus 20 type score. That's in the realm of outcomes. Uh, this course tends to play a little bit tougher. If they juice up the rough a little bit, it could play like minus nine, minus 10. Uh, I'm going to say minus 14 would be my guess this week because of all the talent that's in the field. Do you think having no fans and grandstands will help or hinder? I think it will hinder uh, just because, you know, certain like the Leishman thing when he won at Tory, he kept hitting it like so far right over the galleries, like where there were walking areas. So normally where there would be a lot of rough, he was in like trampled down area from the fans and it gave him like decent lies that he could still attack the greens. They're not going to have that luxury this week. Well, A, because of this course, there's trees over there, but even like where the grandstands would normally be or where the camera crew would be, sometimes it's like tamped down a little bit. That's not going to be the case this week. So you might find yourself, I would say that the ability to have a bad lie this week where you normally wouldn't because of fans walking around or camera gear or whatever, I think you're just gonna, players are going to have worse lives and it's going to lead to worse shots. It might not might account for you know half a stroke per player over the course of a tournament, but that's a lot of strokes once you start adding it up. So I would say that it would be a hindrance uh, overall. What percentage owned do you think Spieth will be? I think he's a really difficult one to gauge because it seems like people are all in or all out on Spieth. I'm not playing him. Uh, I have Spieth right now ownership percentage at around 10 to 11%, but 
One of the difficult things this week is where a lot of new people are playing fantasy golf for the first time. They're hard to account for. Like when I look at the fantasy national percentages, that's mainly drawing from people who use fantasynational.com, which generally speaking are people who are either more knowledgeable or are becoming more knowledgeable or just more invested in this product overall. I, I don't know how the public is going to address Jordan Spieth whatsoever. The odds haven't dropped on him, so it doesn't look like there's a ton of money coming in or the books are saying, good, spend all your money on Jordan Spieth at 45 to one or 40 to one, whatever he might be at this particular moment. We're good with that sort of risk. We don't think that he's going to win. Um, or maybe that's just a fair price for him when, when all is said and done. Uh, looking at the, so yeah, fantasy national has him around 11.5% right now. Uh, I would guess anywhere between 10 and 15%. It's a wider range on him of outcomes in terms of ownership than mostly any other player. So that's the way that I would go with it. Need a cheapie, KH Lee or Brian Stewart? Don't think you need to go that low. I guess Stewart over KH Lee. I'm trying to think, like, I'm not using him, but if I did have to go, let's say, 63 and below, who do I, 64 and below, I would probably, at 64, I would probably use Zhang. I'm not using him, but if I did want to play building a Superstars and Scrubs, Zhang would be my play. Andrew Landry at 64, I think, is all right. Uh, Doc Redman can kind of light it up. Mark Hubba Hubbard makes a ton of birdies. I don't know how well he's going to play in this sort of field, but he's only $6,300. Of the two guys you gave me, Stewart would probably be the guy, but I prefer him on Bermuda over anything, to be perfectly honest with you. Who has the most ownership of the 10K plus guys? It's looking like it's going to be Rory. Rory, Rom, then JT to a lesser extent, but they're very close. That could flip-flop either way. And then Bryson, a distinct fourth of the 10 gay guys. Anyone like Spieth just kind of went over that. Thoughts on Walker or Hostler? I'm passing on both of them this week. Do you think DJ and Wolf could be sneaky plays? Uh, the public saw them play awful. DJ is going to carry ownership uh, in the high single digits just because he's DJ and he's a good price and people are used to playing DJ. Wolf! absolute flyer like he can come in at like one percent owned uh where he's coming in so yeah i think that he is super sneaky i'm not going to be using him but at the same time matthew wolf is a world-class player you want to roll the dice on him i think that's the sort of pivot play that you're looking for a guy with huge upside and if bombers do have a distinct advantage this week all of a sudden matthew wolf is looking fantastic as a one percent flyer we know we can light it up uh the proximity from 100 to 125 where because he's a bomber, we'll be seeing a lot of his approach shots is very weak. So that would be my pure hesitation on him when it comes down to it. How would you rank Rose Woodland Finau this week? I'd go that order. Rose Woodland Finau. Uh, great to have you back, Pat. Hey, thanks for tuning in, Andrew. Give a like. Everyone out there, smash the like button. Share the show around. And join the PME Open while you're at it. Hope you and your family are safe and healthy. Uh, as we, as far as we know, we're doing well right now. Mama's at home with the newborn. Uh, and the 16-month-year-old is going absolutely fucking bonkers all day long. So he's been a bit much. Uh, spending some time watching the Wiggles. Uh, my hair is based off the old, old man on the Wiggles right now, at least from what my wife tells me. Uh, my mind is like mush at this point, uh, as I know a lot of people with young kids are doing, but I hope that everyone out there is doing well uh, too. Dustin Wildcard, don't go together. Okay, th thanks for that fucking crippling input. Thanks. Any matchup bets you like this week? I didn't play matchups. I just didn't, throughout the course of the week, I feel like if I was a professional gambler, I'd be really hitting down on the head-to-head -head matchups. I gave one out on Golf Digest that's on DK Sportsbook that was Fitzpatrick over Sergio. I think it is minus 106. Uh, I thought those were decent odds. I like Fitzpatrick this week. I don't love Sergio. So uh, that would be one, but I didn't really dig into the, all that much. Uh, do you think casual players will just auto-click DJ and Ricky? Maybe, but uh, 
that's unknowable for me right now. Uh, you could say they might just click Rory and then they can't afford those guys. Jim Furyk for days. Not a question. You might get banned for life. I haven't banned anyone yet. So you might get some bans. You got stupid fucking questions out there. LJ asks, is a 7.2K bubble worth it? Worth the price? Um, I tend to go off and, you know, narratives are probably never true, but Bubba Track versus non-Bubba Track. This is not a Bubba Track, at least because we don't know how he plays here. So I would probably fade Bubba Watson. Interesting price though. Abe answer, fine play. Comes in with a lot of ownership. I decided to go in a different direction. I actually think he objectively, if you're playing a cash game, uh, the Mexican Allen Iverson, the answer, decent play. Uh, for extreme stars and scrubs, who do you like at 62? Just kind of went over that. Who do you have the t- as the two lowest projected own between 75 and 85, 75 and 8,500 Wolf would probably have to be on that list. I would think Sergio and Wolf are probably the two lowest owned of that group. Um, don't know if I love going to those guys, but those would go. Um, Palmer was quoted as saying that the rough is thicker than usual. Maybe looking at, uh, proximity from n- rough numbers. Sure. Do what you got to do. Thoughts on Dark Horse member Franklin Corpring finishing top 20 at 34 to 1. Probably wouldn't do that against a decent field. Thoughts on Scotty Scheffler this week. Can he finally get a W? I would find it hard to believe that this is in a field this deep, that this would be his first spot. Uh, I Listen, if he was 65 to 1 or 71, I would have bet him to win. So I do think that he can win in this field. I didn't like him at 35 or 40 to 1 amongst guys that I know win on the PGA Tour. So that was a bit more of my hesitation on Scotty Scheffler. Fratelli won at John Deere when it was hot. It was great. He also gained like 13 strokes putting that week. Uh, probably not a replicable performance. Kuchar or Spieth? Kuchar for me, I'm not using either. Tip from Answers Caddy, play him in hot weather. Okay, great. Um, As I do a thing with the, uh, here's the thing about caddies, is they judge everything based on their players' upside in terms of winning. And I always say this because I do this article with Golf Digest every week. It's like me, uh, Rick is a part of that now too. Shout out to Rick and his new partnership with Golf Digest. my guy, uh, Brandon, uh, does from the Heat Check podcast, does some stuff for there. Uh, both the editors, uh, Chris and Steven, have stuff in there, too. So there's, like, golf, gambling, and DFS guys who write columns. But there's also picks from the Caddy Network where they get an anonymous caddy to make their picks every week. And uh, spoiler alert, their picks are trash every single week. They're by far the worst of them because they have a skewed vision. They're not looking at it objectively from an odds perspective or a DraftKings perspective like we need them to do. They're just going on their gut and sometimes not analyzing the field as an overview and thinking about it player to player. Like, oh, I saw... I I saw DJ striping it. DJ's going to win. Like that sort of conjecture doesn't really play out for me. Maybe, maybe that caddy's right. Abe's there. The answers caddy is all about it. Like, Hey, he kills it in hot weather, but do we know that Rory doesn't kill it in hot weather too? Like, did he tell us that part of it? No. So it's hard to wait what that actually means. Last DK cash or CB CH three Lonto or Bud Cully Raza talked me into Cully. I trust Ben. I'm going in with Bud Cully this week. Thoughts on Langer or Stricker's cheap pump plays. I would not go down there. When do you plan on having the PME DraftKings contest? It's been out since last Friday, so I'd go do it. Also, shout out the Dogger Pass podcast. Paul, you're getting a shout out. Yay! There we are. Uh, I believe that's recording later tonight. We'll see about that for release on Thursday to get you ready for all of... Paul, what is the contest this week? Is it called like UFC Vegas? UFC Apex. I versus Calvillo only. 
This is ESPN Plus, I believe. Th- this is one of like the shitty cards that Cody usually rips up, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Perfect. We're wait, we're like last week was a pay per view. We did okay. Obviously, Hooper absolutely just like dismantled us and like killed a lot of the apple pies. We're absolutely assaulted, but uh, no, we always do better on the the worst cards. The numbered cards is like there's just so much more information on all the fighters, but. I'm talking too much. Yeah, so tune into the Dogger Pass podcast. Remember to give that show the big thumbs up. Download the podcast. If you just subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast feed, leave a quick five-star review while you're there as well. That's the currency of the show, like I always say. Like, it literally takes like 30 fucking seconds. So if you could help us out there, that's what really allows us to not put anything behind a paywall, to have these chats can go on for like two hours or however long we're going with. Uh, so just please go do that. Michael asks, Luke Liss is the favorite on the Corn Fairy Tour. Oh, God. And Potter, 66 to 1. You betting the Corn Fairy? I didn't even look at it because I overexposed myself to the PGA this week. Uh, maybe there's some good stuff on the Corn Ferry. I have not analyzed the field whatsoever. Josh Perry at the Action Network is always the best guy at the non-PGA event. He's a good guy at PGA events, but for Asian Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, he was killing uh, the like LPGA mini tours during the break, like cashing like legit winners. I'd recommend everyone just go follow Josh. Uh, he probably has some better insight than I do on the Corn Ferry Tour. Do you think Webb will be the most popular one and done pick this week? Probably. Uh, I'm using him because that's what I said on the show, and that's what I do this for the purposes of the show, so I'm stuck with him. But I probably would pivot off of him at this point, knowing that he's most likely to be the most owned in the one and done. I'm big on Andrew Landry this week as a scrub value. How do you think he fares, or do you think he's a better first-round leader bet? I bet him as first-round leader, so did I bet him as first-round leader? I have him in my showdown contest. I didn't bet him as first-round leader. Maybe I should bet him. Now, I bet too many guys as it is. He's in my round one showdown lineup. I think he sets up well. It's just I've, I've had such bad experiences with Andrew Landry in the past, despite him being a two-time winner on tour. But he hits a ton of fairways. Texas guy, I, I think it could work out really well for him. Played really well at Valero. He won at Valero a few years ago, too, at a huge, huge price, like 150 to 1. So uh, maybe he can do it. At smaller greens, it's important to have both scrambling and around the green as one of those. I never factor in scrambling uh, into my modeling. I use strokes gained around the green. Like I'm looking for good ball strikers and generally speaking, good ball strikers uh, will not need scrambling. And if they do, it'll all be focused on around the green because they've missed the greening regulation very close. It's more of once you start getting into the really inaccurate drivers off the tee, that's where you could use the long form scrambling. So I'm just not big on scrambling as a predictive stat whatsoever or as a baseline because that's really course dependent, to be perfectly honest with you. Some courses are harder to scramble at than others. Around the green, yes, you can make exactly the same case for, but where it's a shorter amount of distance relatively measured, I put more faith into that of who can actually get it up and down a little bit better. Any love for Kutcher, but it's spelled like Ashton Kutcher. Um, I'm not hearing his name anywhere this week. Trust me, when you look at the ownership percentages, you'll see Kutcher up there. It always happens. Is He's come second to this tournament before, too. I think this is the one where he lost to Matt Jones when Matt Jones chipped in out of the bunker. Uh, I think that's the case. Kutcher's a good player, and he's old. He fits the narrative of this course really well. Playing Day Rose enough differentiation to have Webb in your lineup? Absolutely. Any Furyk interest? I do have interest. I'm not playing him. I just worry that I, I know he played really well at this like weirdo event at Sea Island last week. I don't really know what that tells me. Um, but he played really well here last year. Had he have made a few putts on Sunday, he like would have been in it like to win against Kevin. Ah, he just could not hit anything. Uh, but he still hits a ton of fairways. He's He's safe, but I don't know what his upside is. If things go a little bit wonky for him, it's hard for him to recover. Uh, Day and Rose, not a question. Perfect. Any love for Rafa Cabrera Bayo? Not really. 
pass on him. Any love for Bubba and Phil? Not from me. Thoughts on Kokrak? Nope. I don't think that he's going to be all that great in a tournament like this. Can you rank these three dollars guys? English, On, and Palmer. All three expect to be pretty highly owned. I would pick Ben On because I always pick Ben On out of that range. Uh, this whole time, really, this I really waited this whole time for him just to pass over my question. I'll ask again. Why is no one talking about I already answered that fucking question? Fuck you. You might get banned for life. You ask this again. Who are the few golfers that you consider high upside, low floor JP, GPP guys aside from Louie? Louie, Lowry. Uh, that's why I'm using Matt Wallace. I think that he is one of those guys as well. If you wanted to go with Siwoo Kim, uh, Ben An is one of those guys as well. I think his floor is a little bit higher, but where he's so terrible on the greens that he can put you out of a tournament that... You know, there is no floor for him. Thoughts on Doc Redman? I think he can light it up, but he's just not for me this week. Tway or Varner? I don't mind both these guys. I didn't end up using them. But I think I would go with HV3. I just think he's the superior player. Uh, Bernhard Langer or Steve Stricker? Neither. You can go play Champions Tour DFS if that's what you want. Uh, would you ever have Cam Stewart on back on the show? I had Cam on like two weeks ago. So uh, if Jeff and I do the golf now... When we talk about the ponies or we want to have some fun, we give Cam a call. But he does a golf show every single week, too. If you just go follow Cam on Twitter at Cam Stewart Live, you can get your fix of Cam. He's on air every single day. Any interest in Goosh? That was already asked. No from me. Uh, is there a group that you have a lot of exposure to? I didn't really even factor in who's playing with who uh, when it came down to my picks, to be perfectly honest with you, outside of that showdown contest. Uh, let's see. Thanks for the content. Thoughts on Bizenut or Danny Lee? I'd probably roll the dice on Danny Lee. I bet him his first round later. I believe I'm using him in that same lineup. Uh, I constructed for showdown. Didn't make my main lineups, but I think I like Danny Lee a little bit better. You still skipping round one showdown? Nope. I did play it a little bit. Thoughts on JT Poston and Brian Harmon. Bet them both as first round leader. I'm using a decent amount of JT Poston this week. That's one of those low floor, high upside guys this week. I just think where he can go so nuclear, sounded like George W. Bush, nuclear, nuclear with the putter that when you're trying to parse these people, a hot putter is not anything to bank on, but he has shown six of his past seven events before the break he had gained in strokes strokes gained putting and in four of those events he gained at least three strokes with an average of those four events like 4.1 strokes that when his putter is rolling well it's one of the best in the world that if he can just catch that fire this week he's a low owned play who plays really well on shorter courses so i prefer posting to brian Harmon. bet them both as first round leader thoughts on the young studs i just i use neiman because he was the cheapest of them all uh, I, I have no morikawa no hovland no Scheffler, nothing to take away from them i just went in a different direction who's your favorite contrarian pick between Lowry and Fitzpatrick I use them both I like Lowry a little bit better but you're getting the savings on Matthew Fitzpatrick Pat nice haircut who's your favorite soccer team how dare you you know how I feel about soccer the Dutch international soccer team is my favorite squad I guess I've been to a TFC game so I guess TFC is my squad for MLS soccer but uh, I don't really pay much attention to that Jimmy Walker, good sub play, playing well. Well, it's kind of relative for Jimmy Walker at this point. He's fine. Listen, if you want to go with Jimmy Walker, he's just not for me this week based on his inaccuracy off the tee. Hey, Pat, congratulations on the new addition to the family. Thank you, Lewis. Any thoughts on Sabatini? Sabatini's played really well at tough courses in the past. He plays really well on the shorter courses. I just don't know where the king of Slovakia fits into all this. I know he's upset that the Olympics was canceled because that's why he 
He was going to be potentially the flag bearer for Slovakia at the summer games when we went into it. But he's a cheap price. Uh, if this play is really difficult, I think Sabatini is actually a really decent play, but I don't know what the winning score is going to be. Historically, this course plays hard. That's why he plays well. But again, is that due to lack of strength in the field historically? And now that there are better players here that we're going to see something better? I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't talk you out of Sabatini, just not for me. Grio on bent grass. Grio on any grass can't putt. Um, but we know that this has been his best tournament for putting over the years. I just can't in good conscience put Grio in my lineup, have uh, have five guys playing really well, and watch Grio shoot like an 84. I just can't do it to myself. So for my own mental health, I am not playing him. I'm sure Ben's all over because Ben's all over him every week. Uh, and I know he has upside. Look, he hits a ton of fairways. He's great at approach. Uh, he starts making a few three-footers. All of a sudden, Grio's going to be in the mix. So I don't. I'm not going to talk you off of him, but... That's the spot where I'm at. Neiman or Horschel, these are two guys I've actually used both of. I prefer Billy Ho in this spot. Thoughts on Hollywood Hoagie in the 7K? Strong iron player. Yeah, I think he's just outclassed in this field, but if he shows up and plays his best, I think he could definitely be in the mix. Haircut making you look 10 years younger. Well, now I look like a 12-year-old, so I feel good about that. That's the best comment I got. Thank you, Colin O'Callaghan. Appreciate that. I like bent grass greens. That's great. Great for you. Thanks for your fucking insight. Uh, you doing a cut sweat show? Nope, we are not doing a cut sweat show. Maybe we'll reassess that as the weeks go along. Not sure what the demand on that is going to be. There's still 35 minutes in my Twitter giveaway if you're looking for a free Millionaire Maker ticket. Uh, it is up on at the PME on Twitter. Uh, the contest closes at 2 p.m. Eastern time, so you still have 35 minutes to potentially win a spot, free spot, into the Millionaire Maker. I only have 10 tickets because I had 100 to give away for the UFC because it looked like that wasn't going to fill, and it didn't fill. It looks like the PGA is probably going to fill, so they're scaling back on the amount of free stuff that they're giving away for because it will naturally fill itself. But I will say that if it's not close to filling later tonight, they might hit me up again for another giveaway. I wouldn't count on that. I'd say that's probably like a 10% chance of happening. But if it does happen, you might want to follow along because I might have some more free giveaways to go for um, at this point. So that's your best chance of getting a free ticket right now. Any guess on AM, PM advantage for tomorrow? I don't see one. Uh, I can tell you the windfinder.com slash forecast slash Ben Brook. I tweeted out the link last night is the wind that I'm using, but it looks relatively flat all day. I think AM just gets a natural advantage if they're watering down the course because it might play a little bit softer, but that's all I would say uh, on that. Um, not hearing much about Hovland. Do you think he's a good play? I think he's a fine play, but if he starts missing greens and regulation, he is shit out of luck because guy can't chip. Uh, his new instructor called him a one out of 10 around the greens, uh, but he's such a good player. He's like mini Rory or mini DJ. Eventually he's going to get to the point where he just starts dummying the field. Once he gets that up and down game, he's also not a strong putter historically either, but if he puts it all together this week, it wouldn't shock me. I don't hate him. I'm just not using him. Uh, of the young guns, which one do you think comes out hot of the gate? Morikawa, Wolf, or Hovland? Morikawa is, I think, the superior player at this point in time to all three of them, so it's probably him. Where is Reed? Reed is spelled wrong for one thing, um, and he's in this field, and people are using him. So there we go. Scott McCarron or David Frost? Like I said, go play on the fucking Champions Tour, DK, pal. What do you think the strategy for small GPPs like the 155 Clash at Colonial is? Uh, I don't want to give away too much because I have one entry in that contest. Uh, but I think that you just play your guys. I think one pivot is probably good enough in a field of 2,000 people. Um, especially, like, if you don't... Like, you, you probably only need the pivot, like, 
if let's say I use Webb as my main guy and I know he's going to be chalky, as long as I avoid the other chalk down the line, like all of it, like I don't use Burger and Harris English with him, you're probably good. Like you leave, and then you leave like a hundred dollars on the table. You don't need to leave three thousand on the table, but just moving from the fifty thousand salary cap, leaving a hundred or two on the table in a tournament like that will almost guarantee that you have a unique lineup in that. Joel Damon playing well. Thoughts? I use Joel Damon. I haven't really been speaking too much about him, but he was one of the late ads to my player pool. Not a ton of exposure. I think it's like four of 20 lineups, but I I like Joel Damon this week. Yeah, yeah. Like fairways gained or good drives gained for the week. I like fairways gained uh, over anything. The inventor of basketball, Matthew Naismith. Great, great grandson of James Naismith, probably. Although they both pronounce and spell their names differently. But either way, eight to one top 20. Yeah, sure. If you want to go for it, not for me. Any love for Shez? Seems like a tough, tough course guy. Great at accuracy, too. Has never really played all that well here, but I can't say that's going to cause him future problems. Uh, Bryson's never played well here, and I bet him to win. So I don't want to talk out one side of my mouth for one guy and another for another guy, but I do think that someone like Bryson is improving, and he's an overall superior player, where someone like Shez had not been playing well this year, has the bad history. And it's not like Shez is getting any better anytime soon. Guys, uh, guys getting up there in age. But if you want to go with just like pure stats, I think I would prefer the Ryan Moore, t- Ryan Moore as a name, who's a similar skill set to Shez Reeve. But that's where I'm at. Would you use as your comp courses? Primarily, I used Heritage and Wyndham, one and two. I also threw Sawgrass and Wiley into that bucket as well, with a smattering of Valspar in the mix too. Uh, but again. One of the drawbacks to that is you, outside of uh, the Players' Championship at TBC Sawgrass, you don't get very strong fields. You get very similar fields as Colonial to those ones. The bigger names don't tend to play in those tournaments, so you do see a lot of the similar names pop up, but maybe those are the ones who enjoy the courses the most. Garcia or Fitzpatrick? I got Fitzpatrick. In a 20 max tournament, how many players for your player pool? For my 20 max, I'm using 20 players. Uh, do you think you'll have to eat crow to Feinberg on money when the winner checked all the boxes? I, Feinberg was so hot going into the break, I had to eat crow to him like every single week. So Jeff is good at picking out right winners. I don't know how he does it so well. Uh, maybe it's I tend to overthink things and he puts in the proper amount of thought and waits the entire thing. Maybe are all those boxes that he needs to check. Uh, remember, if you've missed anything on this show, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. You can catch it on demand about 10 minutes after the show is over. And you can always go back and reference the video as well if you've missed something along the way. Thoughts on Josh Teeter, 6K, never missed a cut here. Pass. I mean, talk to Wiley. He's like the Josh. He's like Josh Teeter's best friend. Uh, so you can just go ask him about that. Any love for Brendan Todd, despite the fact that I bet him, wrote him up this week, and have talked about him nonstop? No, no love for him. How do I get unmuted on Twitter? I don't know. I don't even know if you are muted or not. Oh, quick coffee touch up for me. I haven't even been touching the coffee. I've been going here. Thank you very much, Paul, for the quick touch up. Make it make it work again. I have no idea if you're muted or not. I mute a lot of people. Uh, and generally, if you're muted, you don't get unmuted because you piss me off at some point or we're being too needy. Some people get too needy on Twitter and ask, like, if you answer, like, one question, I don't want to sit there and answer 55 more of your fucking questions. I don't. This is why I do the shows, why I do the cheat sheets and do the articles and everything like that. Uh, so, yeah, you probably did that or you said something very derogatory towards me. You don't get second chances. It's Twitter. I don't go on it to read bad things about myself. Yes, Paul. Yeah, don't ask me what, what, what lineup you should put in. Like, I'm not making your lineup. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that is very true. It's why I try to talk through these shows and the different plays. 
that, yeah, if you send me a, li- a lineup, be like, you think this lineup will win? You'll probably get muted because I just, I just don't want to deal with that. That's not what I'm here for. And I don't know why you would ask me that anyway. Um, why would you want to know if I, if I like, if I think your lineup is a winner, then I'm just going to take your lineup and play it. So I don't know why you would ask me about that. <sighs> Louie or Fitz? Fitz, I like a little bit better. Do you have faith that the PGA gets it together with their TV coverage and finally caves to people that are gambling? I think they're getting pushed towards that direction. They have a new Stratcast this week, which looks pretty cool. Uh, you know, on the Masters app and the Open app, how they have like shot curvatures as a part of their shot tracker. It looks like that's going to be in place this week. So I'm interested to figure that out and check it out. I'd be very excited for something like that to happen. Poulter for GPP and or cash. I don't really answer cash questions because I frankly don't play cash games. Uh, And especially for golf where no one is really safe. I think cash is really tough. Like if you put it this way, people will say that the point of cash is to pick the six players who you think are all going to get through the cut. Well, the same fucking thing is the truth for GPPs. Like if you could just, if you knew six players were all going to make the cut, play a GPP lineup full of those guys. You're going to win money and you're probably going to win more money than you did in a double up. So I don't mind Poulter. Uh, I'm not using him. I think that Rick, Rick or Ben was on him. Uh, He's played well at this course in the past. I like Poulter. Poulter's fine. Kisner's ownership looking inflated based on course history. I don't know. I didn't even really check out what his ownership was around 12%. I think that's fair for Kisner. I mean, he's won here before. Uh, he's won at shorter tracks in the past. He's an accurate player, putts really well on bent grass. Uh, I think that not only does he have course history, he has the skill set that a lot of people are looking for too. So that's pretty good. Uh, like CH3 for a top 10 bet? Nope. NES, SNES, or 64? I'm a 64 man, as you can see behind me. Although the Super Nintendo stuff, actually, no, there's, maybe it's out of frame. The, there's just 64 there. On the other side, there's a lot of Super Nintendo games uh, on the go. But, you know, my, my age range makes me both a mix between. But, you know, the advancement level, when I think it was September 1st, 1999 or 1998. Because I remember there was a, like a VHS that came with the N64 when you actually bought it. I think that was the date. But, like, it, you have no idea how much of a whole new world that was. When the graphics went from N64 from Super Nintendo, it was, like, mind-fucking-blown when that came out. So I really enjoyed that. Any chance because of the great names around and Wem is slightly less owned than the people are guessing now? There's a chance. I would doubt it, though, just because he's cheap. I would guess that Bryson is the guy that sees the the depression of ownership just because the better names around him because he's more expensive. Also very random, but Shez Reeves' agent is my next door neighbor. Well, Kevin Q, you sound like you live in a nice neighborhood. Is there a shot tracker this week? Yes, it does appear like there is. What is your thought process in developing first-round leader bets? Well, this week, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of thought. I just got over overzealous and just started clicking, guys. But essentially, I have my first-round leader model saved on Fantasy National. That's one of the fun things about Fantasy National, too. You can save and tinker with different models, save them, and then move on, and then make notes, whether they work or they don't work. I've been doing that for years and trying to develop things. I want birdie makers. Like, I don't really give a shit if a guy is someone who could potentially shoot a 78. For a first-round leader bet, either you win the round or you don't. Uh, I guess I play the top five on it too, but like I want guys who make a ton of birdies. Uh, ideally, I would try to target the proper wave if there's wind in the afternoon. Uh, I want morning players. If there's wind in the morning, I want afternoon players. If there's rain like midday, maybe that makes the course soft for when the guys come back in. Generally speaking, you can attack pins and that sort of thing. But my overall developing strategy on it is like I tend to pick 
there's a lot of randomness in golf to begin with. Someone could just have a hot putting run. It could be anyone in the field for that matter. So birdie makers who could potentially develop a hot putter, but I like to kind of scattershot everything. Like you could play Rory to be first round leader at 16 to one. That's a, probably a better bet than any of the individual guys that I played, but I've had a lot of success more so two and three years ago than the last year. I don't know why. I don't know if it's random variants. Maybe I was getting lucky, but I've had a lot of success betting like six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 guys, all 100 to one or above. Uh, so you get a big payday when that happens. And then realistically, you need to hit, if you, let's say you played 10 first round leaders every single tournament uh, and they were all 100 to one or above then you have to only hit one every 10 tournaments just to break even. If all those guys were exactly 100 to one, and most of the time that they're not, they're 125, 175, whatever they might be, that I found that those guys hit at a high enough frequency that giving myself exposure to them uh, can lead to some profits. But you have to be able to go with the swings too. You might not hit one for 20 events, you might hit two in a row. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. You have to guess right in certain circumstances like that. But that's my strategy. I know that different people have different strategies. Neiman versus Poulter tournament matchup bet. I like Neiman. I probably wouldn't go too big on that. (sighs) Pat intimidating people that ask him dumb questions is one of my favorite bits. I don't think that I actually have the ability to intimidate anyone. Look at my fucking haircut. Um, But hey, I appreciate that my strongly worded tone really factors through when you're listening to this in the live chat or my furrowed brow. Uh, Team Rose, let's go. 50 to 1. Yeah, Team Rose. I would like it if Justin Rose win. I'd have a lot of money at that point. And if he wins the Masters, I'll have even more money at the price that I got him at, at 50 to 1 too. Bezenhut will win. Would have won the players. I mean, this guy, you're going to get, this This guy just has comments. You're getting fucking banned for life. There's the ban for life from the show. Posten or Van Royen? I like Posten DK. I think for overall win equity, I like Van Royen a little bit better. I know that's weird to say, but I think that Van Royen's a bit more boomer bust, but he's the better player. Uh, he could potentially win in this field where Posten, I think, is someone that can kind of plot along that even if he's in the mix, he's probably not going to win. That's why I didn't bet him to win. I bet him to finish inside the top 20. But if you told me that who has a higher percent chance of coming 17th, it's probably Posten. If you told me who has a better chance of coming top five, it's probably Van Royen. <sighs> who do you normally, what do you normally like for the number of rounds to research? Too early to restart any difference. I don't quite understand that last part, but I tried to look at the, there's a rolling stats feature on Fantasy National. I just like to compare. Uh, When people talk about like trends, that's one thing. Like, oh, I can see that his results were 10th, 8th, 9th over the past three starts. Yeah, that guy's playing well. But I like to look more into how they're playing well versus their baseline. Like, is this out of nowhere? Did they just do it by putting? So I try to develop my key stats, and then I look at the past 12 rounds, the past 24 rounds. At least in the rolling report grid, you can get all of those laid out in front of you. So if you have a lot of confidence in the stats that you're looking at and incorporate that into your model, you can just have it all laid out. Like, is this guy, did he go from in the same stats that 100 rounds ago, was he like 79th, and he progressively got better? Well, that guy looks like he's trending towards at least theoretically playing really well this week or was it going the opposite direction or was this guy just doing it on putting i didn't wait putting a lot so he's not popping highly so i try to take a granular view of everything but i do think that this week comparing 
you know, the 24, 36 round shorter term range to the overall baseline of the past two years of what that player actually is. And then a lot of it has to do with eye test too. Like what's your interpretation of that? That's going to be different for different people, but that's how I end up going. Like if you look at the short term of Brendan Todd versus his long term, well, his long term is not going to look very good because he was absolute shit for like four years. Then all of a sudden something clicked. He won two tournaments. He made 10 cuts in a row. He's hitting every fairway again. The putter is fantastic. That That is some context to be given to the shorter form versus the longer term. So maybe you throw out the longer term in that. But that's going to be a case-by-case, individual basis, and that's really up to you to do it. Ownership for Palmer, I believe I said around 12 to 14%. Any jazz love, I believe he was a Rick's guy. Not really for me. Uh, in that, let's see, we got some more questions on the go. I probably should check in with the Facebook chat to see what's going on over there. I've been kind of neglecting it. I apologize for anyone watching live on Facebook right now, but I just thought there's a lot of people, uh, watching on Twitter and watching on YouTube. So I was going in that, um, now I have to re-up the questions. The chat skipped on me. Uh, it was about DJ, the open. Yeah. I don't care why you're muted. You're muted. Sorry. <laughs> Give a fuck. Unfollow me then. Uh, who do you normally like? Uh, number of rounds. Did that one. Any Connors left? Yeah, I'm using Connors. Bet him as first round leader. I mean, go Canada. Let's go, Corey Connors. Just don't ask the guy to chip or putt too much. Although, when he did win, he gained like 13 strokes on the green and a bent grass course in Texas. Maybe he's got good vibes in the Lone Star State. We'll see. What do you think of Munoz, McNeely, and Higgs as GPP pivots? I would go with McNeely, Maverick, if we were going for it. Pat, wondering more about a sense of urgency for players as it pertains to FedEx Cup. Wouldn't worry too much about that. There's now, at first we didn't know, it looked like you'd have two tournaments before the FedEx Cup started. Now there's like six or seven or something like that. So it's not the end of the world right now. Feelings on Rafa Cabrera Bayo, good player, not for me. Uh, who would be your three guys... Who would be your three guys in order to win this Sunday? Finish first at the players before it got canceled. I don't quite like personally for me, the three guys, I think I went like Lowry, Webb, Lowry, no, Lowry, Woodland, EVR would probably be my most profitable one, two, three. Now that I kind of like revert or Brendan Todd winning or something like that. Uh, why we can't bat exactas and tries on golf like horses. They'd pay astronomical. For majors, they actually do give out those sorts of bets. It's usually uh, one-twos. Uh, you can bet the actual order. It, they're not good bets, put it that way. How much is the Mayo discount on Fantasy National? I believe it's 20% off at the moment after it goes back behind the paywall. I could be wrong on that. It will say on the site, but I believe it's at least 20% uh, to do it. So it takes the annual from 250 down to 200. I mean, that's, that's pretty good <laughs> uh, when you consider that there's like 45 golf events per week. Uh, it factors out to not that much if you're going to be playing every week. Any love for Xander? Absolutely. Fade 9K tier completely in GPPs to create a unique build. I think that's a viable strategy for sure. Any love for any love questions? None whatsoever, Cougar Phil. You know me too well. Can Billy Ho get a top 10? Yep, I think so. Two high price pairing on DK. I don't know what that means. Uh, you can ask the question more eloquently and I can uh, get into that. You know what? I didn't even put the thing on Facebook or Twitter. That's why I forgot to click the button. So no one's even watching on Facebook. Perfect. <laughs> uh totally spaced on totally spaced on that one um oh, so that's it i'll give a 
two-minute refresher. If you have any more questions, we've been going over an hour now. I hope I've gotten to everything you guys wanted out there. Um, It's fun to be back, I must say. I I didn't really mention this off the top, but I did want to say that I was going through a lot... um, in terms of, you know, everyone's been getting into a malaise. People haven't been working. People have been home. That just being back in studio and talking about golf this week is really just, it's made me feel great again. Like, it's really reinvigorated me uh, in a way that I didn't realize I was in such a malaise. But it's been a really fun week. I hope that everyone uh, is really, you know, getting a good jolt from this. Whether, you know, you just want to, you're excited for sports to be back, golf to be back, you're betting on it, you're playing DK, whatever it might be. I hope it's bringing some sort of excitement. Uh, and that's that's really fun to think about right now. So I hope that's going in right now. Best tourneys to enter other than the Million Maker. I like the three max stuff. I mean, my tournament, obviously. Um, is very good to enter because there's no rake and flat payouts. But I think if you look at the tournament structure and look at the flatter payouts, and they're generally like the 75, three max, the 153 max, some of the single entry tournaments, $50, $33, 75, 200, that kind of thing. I think those give you the best chances to actually win a lot of money uh, more consistently than entering something like the Millionaire Maker, which has a lot of luck elements in it because you're facing so many people. Uh, let's see. Harris English or Burger fade on both. Uh, if you had to pair two high price studs together on DraftKings, who would they be? Probably. I think overall, if you're looking for the highest upside, Thomas and Xander are probably your two best bets, but you could go like Bryson and M you could go JT and M Webb and JT, that kind of thing. Uh, that's kind of the mix that I'm going into it with. I think that's it. No more questions. Put some time in there. No one had anything else. I hope I've answered everything for you. If you have any more questions and you tuned in late, potentially I answered it all the way throughout the course of the show. So you can check that out. Kisner Palmer ownership hire, probably Palmer in that sense. Uh, This is going to be available, obviously, up on the YouTube page. I've had the shows out all week. You want to join the Pat Mayo Experience open. The link is in the podcast feed. So please subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Download the episode with you there. Let's juice up those numbers. See if we can become number one on iTunes because we're pretty close. Uh, so the more downloads that we get, go download those old shows, too, from earlier this week. There's already three shows out. This is the fourth. I have the giant write-up on DKPlaybook.com, FantasyNational.com. Uh, is free right now until the until midnight, I think, central time. So if you want to build your lineup to check out the research, highly recommend you do, do that. FantasyNational.com slash mail will get you a discount starting tomorrow. If you enjoy the site and really want to get into golf, highly recommend that as well. So thank you all for watching. I hope someone out there wins the Millionaire Maker. I mean, tweet at me. That'd be awesome. I, I would listen. It's probably not going to be me, so I really hope it's someone I know or someone who watches the show out there. That's that's fantastic news. So just have some fun with golf. Be safe out there. And golf is back. This is a fun time. So enjoy it. Smash the like button on your way out. Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience!